0: Welcome to Pod Sounds Volume Two, where we break down Randy Newman's album *Little Criminals*. I'm Cecilia,
1: and I'm Gil. Welcome back, everybody.
0: Welcome to Track Nine. I believe we're on now. Wow. Yes. Three quarters of the way through, just about.
1: And it's a goodie. It's a goodie. But uh, but before we start, can I do a little? Uh, it's not really a loose end, but it's uh, it's apropos of. What we've been talking about these last few weeks? Fire away. All right. Uh, so I've been really enjoying Ricky Lee Jones's uh, 2021 memoir, "Last Chance Texaco: Chronicles of an American Troubadour." Oh, and, so it's brand uh, new. Yes, yes. Well, it's realize. been around for probably about a year, but uh, it's it's new to me. And it was, but, it's, but know, like just... it's
0: 2021 as opposed yes. to like from ten years ago. Got it. Correct.
1: Correct. Anyway, so I just want to uh, read just a couple short passages. Um, I was at a friend's house browsing his albums when I came upon Randy Newman, Good Old Boys. This music was stunning. I read a name on the back cover and got a funny feeling produced by Lenny Waronker. That sounded important. Lenny was where I needed to go. The vision that came to me at that moment propelled me to find Lenny Waronker. It was as if the future had already taken place. I saw Lenny and I, we knew each other, worked together in this premonition. I was in his office, standing on the other side of a large desk talking to him. I was supposed to find this man. He was the way in. I just knew it. Lenny Waronker was the back door to my future in music. And the vision and so the vision came true. For Lenny kept the photograph of me on his desk until the day he left Warner Brothers. Indeed, I stood in a picture frame on the other side of his desk for many years. Uh, that's from page 214 and 215. And then- Wow, uh, that's, very,
0: uh, that's very Mama Rose. <laughs> <laughs> had a dream.
1: Um, but anyway, um, she's talking about um, uh, then- she finally, uh, you know, she ends up signing with, with them, but anyway, but before that, she's talking about, uh, these, um, showcases that, uh, would be set up for, um, new, new people in the business, right? A showcase made the A&R guys' lives easier, presenting the best of a new talent, uh, in a short 20 or 30 minutes instead of the standard 45-minute music club set. The idea was to knock them dead. Like vaudeville, there would be no other short acts before or after me. No one would be a headliner. The AR guys came looking for a hit, but also for something they could mold into their own image. They needed to see a full house with an enthusiastic audience. These guys were in business. Numbers meant money and that elusive satisfaction that fame brings. Warner Brothers was different, though. They were the label of conscientious professionals. And the people who worked there put the artists first. They wanted a long-term project where artists grew and thrived. Once headed by the chairman of the board himself, Frank Sinatra, Warner Brothers sent its company heads on frequent pilgrimages uh, to Sinatra's home in Palm Springs to get his take on matters. The president of Warner Brothers, Mo Austin, had been the accountant during Sinatra's tenure as chairman of reprise. Sinatra had set the mood for a musician friendly company and it had flourished. The year 1978 was a golden one in rock music, and Warner Brothers Records was Asgard. So oh, there we go. Pages 262, 263. So little shout out to Warner Brothers, Reprise Records, uh Lenny Waronker. Uh so there we go.
0: Yeah, it's an ecosystem. It is. They all came together. It was a symbiotic relationship
1: and it starts off with the celebration of uh, good old boys which is another fine Randy Newman album and uh and a shout out big shout out to Lenny Waronker
0: and it reminds me to ask you because we haven't not that we needed to keep up with this per se but if you're the suits at this point in the album dare i ask what are you thinking
1: i'm 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 feeling pretty good i'm feeling pretty good i think um yeah, I, I, you know, as far as uh, hits go, right? In um, Germany, Before the War is not going to be one. Um, oh,
0: come on, that's a shoo-in.
1: <laughs> Sigmund Freud's impersonation of America, of, of so Albert Einstein in America, that's not going to be one. But we could maybe get something, you know, with uh, Texas Girl, at The Funeral of Her Father, although that's a terrible title for uh, for a pop song. But I'm thinking um, certainly the opening two tracks um, or th- uh, three tra- short people, you can't fool the fat man and uh, little criminals. I think we got something there.
0: Um, yeah, yeah that's promising.
1: and 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 short people he may think it's the worst kind of hit, but for us in the in the in the uh, in the business suites there's no such thing as a bad hit. So uh, the worst
0: kind of hit is still a hit.
1: Right. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not as concerned, uh, as a suit here because Randy isn't, isn't the beach boys. Right. Right. So Randy's got a following. He might
0: shout them out a lot, but he's not them.
1: (laughs) He's got a following that we're that. Well, first of all, we've got, yeah, we know he's going to sell a certain number of, uh, of albums, right? He, right? He's, he's got that core. Who's going to, they're going to buy whatever he puts out as soon as he puts it out. So that's good. What we want to do is build on that. And so, you know, if I'm, I, if I'm a suit um, I'm going to be really mad at, at Randy next album. <laughs> okay. I'm going to be really mad when uh, um, he puts out born again, um, you know, so we finally have more people who know he, who he is, right. Because of short people and sure, lots of people may hate him because of short people, but they know who he is. And then he puts out an album that he's, you know, that's, a, a comp- he's doing everything he can <laughs> to, <laughs> to ruin the success of, uh, of short people. And so I'm I'm really mad at them In a couple of years, not yet. No. Mm. So,
0: yeah, but that's I, it's interesting that you mention the fan base and the consistency and solidity of the fan base because uh, you've got. I mean, when we were talking about the Beach Boys; their fan base is who are really interested in top forty stuff, which is right. what they've been doing up to the point of Pet Sounds. So that's the, therein lies the precarity of that situation. Whereas here you've got, as we said earlier this season, you know, however many thousands of records or something that he's selling, that's going to be the case every time. It's going to be a a small fan base, small, but loyal fan base.
1: Right. And an influential fan base too, right? As we've seen, you know, kind of the people who are singing on this, uh, um, on this record uh people who uh people who you know other artists who record his stuff um so he's he's a he's a he's a figure he's an important figure in the music business he's not a huge money maker for anybody though um that you know for his for his label um but there's hope right there's hope because we've got uh um maybe People who hear Baltimore being sung by Nina Simone are going to say, Hey, let's find out who wrote this song, right? That sort of thing. Right. But, uh, and but- it's
0: great that you mention Born Again. I was listening to, we mentioned a few episodes back, a song called Half a Man. Yes. Uh, which discusses homophobia and I would also argue, after listening to it, transphobia. So I went back and listened and I just thought, my god, Randy, can't you just write a normal song for once? Just <laughs> just just one time, something that doesn't strike fear and discomfort in the pit of our hearts? <sighs> this song that we're discussing this week, is that
1: song? That's right. <laughs> he there already
0: did, and it's this one, guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh and in uh on uh uh, Born Again, though, you get uh, pants. You get the song Pants. Going to take off my pants. Going to take off my, my pants. pants. Going to take yeah. off my pants. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't strike fear into your hearts. It, I, I guess. Will you take off my pants? Have you pants?
0: ever been on a public bus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, this song is as uh, as sweet and as beautiful as a song can be
0: should we start listening to
1: it? Uh we should, but actually first before we do that, I think we need to mention something. Um this song was originally written for the Welsh singer Mary Hopkin at the behest of Paul McCartney.
0: I was was she on Apple? Um, was she signed to Apple?
1: Probably. She, she did uh, those were the days, right? Name, those were the days, my friend. Okay. Anyway, so um although in another book I, it was somebody else not uh um not McCartney who specifically asked for it but it was somebody from Apple um and then but it was uh and it was uh also on Nilsson sings Newman uh Harry Nilsson's album of all Newman songs Newman songs and which was what year that was 1970
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's real early. It's real.
1: Early. It's re- yeah. it's, um, hold on. Let me check. I should know that. Nilsson sings Newman, 1970. Yes, I was right.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, so that was uh, 1970. And Barbara Streisand. Recorded the song for her Stony End album in 1971. So, speaking um, of
0: Jewish geniuses, for all you who have listened to the Sigmund Freud episode,
1: all right. Um, so anyway, so it was, it's, it, it had been around. Um, so written for somebody else, recorded by at least two other people, although I think there was another person who recorded it. Um, and I don't remember her name, Lorraine Ellison.
0: I guess I'm not surprised. That he originally wrote it for to be sung by someone
1: else, right? Uh, because and it, he
0: doesn't usually sing songs like this,
1: right? And he had or written he, does, the whole, he doesn't r- write a
0: song this way if he knows he's going to be the one singing it.
1: And of course, he uh, he started out as a uh, as a, a songwriter um, for for other people. You know, he would for write others, songs yeah. and then they would uh, they would record them. So. Right. Um, Yes, Lorraine Ellison, um, American soul singer and songwriter from Philadelphia. Right. Um, anyway, so they're all people who had recorded this song before he gets around to it. Um, and yeah, I think this is, a ve- this is a much more, right? There's no um, irony here, right? There's no, yeah. there's no question of, well, who is, who's singing and who is being sung to? Who's the um, narrator? Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so, but that said, let's uh, let's get to it.
2: no one else around to keep you
0: Listeners may have noticed that this is a much longer clip than what we're accustomed to. And that's because we're not going to be in hyperanalytical literary criticism mode with a lyric like this, or even a, a musical structure like this. So I saw no need really to approach it in our usual way. It sounds you might hear at a wedding.
1: Oh, hey, perhaps.
0: I'll let you take it from there.
1: <laughs> the year is 1988, late May, um, Cleveland, Ohio. And indeed this song was sung at uh, before uh, before a uh the wedding of uh my uh now wife and I. So, um, and me, sorry. Um and so uh yeah, now, now is, wife uh...
0: folks, it worked.
1: <laughs> there you wife. go. I highly suggest uh, I'll be home um, for uh, for your for your wedding. Um, no, it works very very well, and uh, um, so now I wanted to have it in the during the wedding, uh, but the the uh, the the, um, the mother of the bride, <laughs> the mother of the bride, quashed that idea. So, uh, but there we go. Um, no secular
0: music during mass.
1: Exactly. And uh, sung by our dear uh, friend John, um, beautifully. So uh, it uh, yes, it's uh, it's because it's it's terribly, terribly romantic, terribly uh, um, positive, terribly you know kind of uh, forward, uh, forward thinking, right? Uh, and of course, that idea of home is something that we've seen in the album, right? Or family, um, and but this is just a more traditional. Pop song home, as opposed to the other ones that we've seen, like in Texas Girl at the funeral of her father, or even um, Little Criminals, right? Which you pointed out, uh, right? You know, that screwing up our uh, happy home. Yeah. So um, here it's just a more traditional version of that, if you will. Traditional, well, both traditional culturally, but also traditional uh, in the pop song version. Of yeah.
0: Home. And it's sound and, and yeah, within that ballad structure. Yes. Being home and all the, all the warmth, the idea of home. Yes. Side note about Texas girl at the funeral of her father. Uh, in, in that episode, you talked about here I am alone on the plane and you specified which plane. And yes. now I like the idea of the other plane, <laughs> C L A N E, like she's <laughs> flying home for the funeral
1: oh there you go <laughs>
0: this 10 year old girl or something 12 year old girl who's who's kind of being shepherded by the adults around her because they know that she needs to, like she's alone she's she's going home by herself for this funeral it it just paints a very different picture but an interesting one that I had never considered before because I always knew which plane he was talking about
1: gotcha and where but where would she be was she at, at yeah, you know, like,
2: where was uh, she
1: uh, <laughs> Um, oh, real quickly, we didn't, at the start, we didn't say um, uh, on the uh, album, um, it says, I'll be home, guitar, Wadi Wachtell.
0: Those guitar touches, especially at the end of that first verse, are really nice. And again, betray it as being a, more of a conventional 70s, 80s style ballad.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Slow dance standard.
1: Right. And and as a suit i i like this i like this song because i think maybe it can get some airplay we'll have to see we we'll have to see we we'll have to have to see what we can what we what we can make happen what we can get the radio yeah. stations to play
0: which strings we can pull that's right i will note you know this can't always be assumed and i think oftentimes we do make that knee jerk assumption but since there is no specified narrator of this song we kind of think the singer is male so maybe the narrator would be male, and the idea of the man, the one who is home,
1: when the one uh. who
0: comes back, which in the '70s was still not necessarily the norm.
1: Right. Correct.
0: So I like the idea of that as well. Like yeah. I'll be, I'll be there for you.
1: Yep. I'll be. I'll be. Or it, I mean, it, in, in a very traditional, in a more traditional way, you can just read it that, don't worry, I'll, I'll, I'll be. I'll we'll be home every night. I'll be there when you need me. Right. So okay. yeah, I go to work, but I'm, I'm not going to go out with the boys um, every night. I'm not going to be, um, you know, leaving you alone with the kids all the time. Right. I'll be, I'll be home. I'll be, you know, you'll, you'll see me even when I have to go off and be the breadwinner and all that other stuff. So, right. but I guess but it's, this-
0: converse speaks more to what i'm saying i guess than the first
1: yes okay so. good point so let's let's do that now what is interesting here right um when your nights are troubled when you're all alone when you're feeling lonely you need some sympathy there's no one else around to keep you company remember baby you can always count on me um certainly there's you know uh you know relationships are about, you know, being there in the good and the bad. Well, this really only, only focuses on the bad in this first part, right? Yeah. You no, know, it's kind of like, you know, um, nights are troubled all when alone. Things are bad, yeah. yeah. It's kind of like, well, golly, this is kind of such an upbeat song, but the idea is, but I'll be there with you and help you make it through.
0: I did clip it here because listeners will recognize that line almost verbatim from the later essentially platonic version of this song, You've Got a Friend in Me.
1: Yeah. And uh, that, of course, is a song where that's, I mean, if you if you look for versions of that song, they're endless. Um, Everybody oh, sings yeah. that song. And if, if you're ever on any of those singing TV shows, at some point you've got to sing this. Um, and uh, sing that and uh, you've got a friend in me and it will be popular. (laughs) It's a crowd Yeah,
0: I mean, that song is our idea of home for people who grew up with it.
1: Mm -hmm. Very true.
0: Our generations. All right. So now we have wherever you may wander, wherever you may roam, you come back and I'll be waiting here for you. Yes. So now it is the idea of I'm the... Stability. I'm the, I'm the anchor for when, for when you are tired of wandering or yes. traveling.
1: Yes. And, but that you're not, you're, you're not stuck at home. You aren't stuck here. You have, you have a freedom to go elsewhere and, uh, and I'll be, I will be here waiting for you. Yes. So yeah, that's a, that's an excellent, excellent point. So Um, the other person has this, this has a a freedom as well. Um, but that person's not going to leave because of that he's left. No, 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 I'll be here, right? All right, last part. Just a uh, simple um, kind of uh, unobtrusive arrangements.
2: Um, yeah, you know, and I was going to say so
0: the chord structure is very simple. He's not employing any of the New Orleans bells and whistles that he usually does.
1: Right, right. Or often does. And I you know it is a break from what we've seen. Right. Uh, even I'm just just on this side. Right. Yeah. Um, And so it's a it's a breather there, although and it's a it's a, a great contrast, given what we saw last time with Baltimore. Right there. You know, it is a place where people live. It's a you know, it's it's lots of you know, this city is a place where people have their homes and the city's dying and people are leaving people have to leave to, or tr- are trying to leave because it's a, it's a place that that's dying. And so here we've got, you know, kind of the, um, almost idyllic home. Um, you know, I'm here no matter what. So, uh, yeah. I think it, home it, it, is uh, a person. Yes. And so it plays, plays well against the much heavier, um, Baltimore, and even the problematic uh, America that's described in um, Sigmund Freud's impersonation from the first song of this side.
0: Right. Yeah. I don't have a lot of other comments. I just, it's a very sweet song.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that uh, it's a sweet song and that's it. Now, I don't think Randy liked it. No, it's. Um, it's a
0: relief kind of yeah. it's, it's a respite
1: <laughs> yeah um because then we have three more coming up um which are of a of of a, a, a different type as well so at least two of them are and
0: i would argue of three different types
1: okay all right fair very enough
0: very different kinds of songs yes um <laughs> i was just thinking you should have like bookended the wedding with burn on of course Cleveland specific song
1: Cleveland City of Lights City of Magic magic. Um, and
0: see everyone's at a wedding they're not expecting irony
1: that's true they're not
0: gonna see it they're not gonna hear it in an ironic
1: yes they are (laughs) (laughs) burn on big river burn on all right (laughs) um yeah so that's that's all I've got too so, uh, Harry Nilsson's version is beautiful. Uh, Barbara Streisand's version is beautiful as well. Um, oh, so you on, did
0: end up finding it?
1: Yes, and and Stony End, Stony End also has another um, another Randy Newman song on it, um, "Let Me Go," which is a oh, really? uh, which is a track from a film. The uh, what is it? The Pursuit of Happiness, I think. Uh, with Michael Sarazin, which is essentially, I think a, we
0: watched that movie. We
1: did, we did. Correct. That was it. like
0: a knockoff, Graduate. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's like an East Coast Graduate. Yes, it's like okay. you know. Yeah. Um, and and so he's uh, and in the opening, he is um, sailing a little sailboat, um, and I, I, I assume it's Central Park in the in the uh, pond in Central Park, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, then he goes, and his girlfriend um, is politically active, and that sort of thing. And I won't say yeah. what happens, but um, but yes, yeah, so that song from that, and um, I think that's—I don't think anybody else ever recorded that besides him for that film and Barbara Streisand. But it's a great song. Um,
0: yeah. Oh, it is a great song. I so, have no uh, recollection of it being in the film, but
1: yes, the song is the very beginning, very beginning of the film, the opening sequence. Um, and I don't think we hear it again. So, uh, but yes. Uh,
0: but what other tracks are on Nilsen sings Newman?
1: Nilsen sings Newman. Here we go. It's got vine street, love story, Mm. yellow man, Caroline, which I believe was written specifically for this album, because I don't think uh, Newman ever recorded it. Cowboy, that's side Mm. one. Then side two, Beehive State, I'll Be Home, Living Without You, Dayton, Ohio, 1903, and So Long, Dad.
2: Mm.
1: And then um, the 2000 CD reissue also included Snow, uh, and then alternate takes of Love Story, Cowboy, I'll Be Home and Living Without You.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Snow was recorded by uh, Claudine Langer, um as well. So Ooh. and once again, I don't think Newman ever recorded it. So mm-hmm. um, I think
0: yeah. now hearing that that Nilsen's version of Love Story is probably the one that I heard first.
1: Probably. And Vine Street's a great song, too. Um, and, uh, I think that what's his name? The, uh, oh, the lyricist for, um, smile.
0: Oh, uh, Van Dyke parks.
1: Yes. Um, L- vine street was written for Van Dyke parks, um, and his album, um, which the name of which is escaping me now, but, uh, um, uh, is
0: that song cycle?
1: Yes, very good. So, but uh, I
0: know that you know it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. See, I'm glad somebody knows what I know because I don't. Um, But anyway, so it all ties together. Yes. So, uh, um, and or maybe Van Dyke Parks wrote a little piece that was included in Randy Newman. Anyway, that's all they're all. Um, interconnected in in different ways, so which makes yes uh, they are. But a, that was aspect. I mean, and
0: you were uh, in the first episode in pointing out that Van Dyke Parks is the link between Randy Newman and Brian
1: Wilson. Vine Street opens um, song cycle, and okay. Newman wrote it for him. So there we go. All right. So next week, next week, next time is uh, Rider in the Rain. I am and so
0: excited to talk about this song.
1: Yes, yes. Um, because a lot of people re- read it differently. And so it would be interesting to see what we, uh, what we say about it. Until next time, this is Gil.
0: And this is Cecilia. We'll see you next week, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to Pod Sounds. We're glad you're here. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. You can find us on Insta at pod underscore sounds underscore podcast. You can find me at CM Giglio and you can find Gil at CT Halfwit. I've been your co-host and producer, Cecilia Gelati. See you soon.